0: Welcome to the Young Professional Next Door, a podcast where I will talk to students and professionals about their journey to success. I'm Sadia, and I'm taking my first ever steps into the legal job market. I would like to thank you for joining me on this project and this journey. So without further ado, let's talk to the Young Professional Next Door.
1: So, my name is Matt. I'm going into my third year at Durham Uni studying physical geography. And my main kind of like research area, I suppose, is on climate change, uh, generally applied to agriculture.
0: Durham is a very, well, I'd say it's prestigious. I don't know if you share that viewpoint. After like Cambridge and Oxford, you think Durham is next. What was kind of the application process to get into Durham like? Was it hard?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, originally I was going to go to uni for English, um, which is kind of why I started looking at Durham originally because Durham's kind of renowned for English studies, I guess. And then when I switched to looking at geography, I still kept Durham in mind, essentially. And I think that while I suppose it's not the same as applying for Oxbridge because you don't need to do an exam or interviews or anything like that, at least I didn't have to for subject to apply for, but I think it was always kind of in my mind that it was very different to other unis, like applying for a college was very different to any other unis that I'd applied to. I'm just trying to kind of like write a competitive application when you know that a lot of people are kind of applying for the same, like uni was quite a big deal, but I guess it worked out. So yeah.
0: I thought it'd be very much like kind of the Oxbridge recruitment, would you call it? I don't know, admission process?
1: What's yeah, yeah. I think, I think that there are definitely... There are definitely interviews for some subjects and it's strange because I know that other unis um photography would do interviews as well even though they wouldn't I like, wouldn't be Durham and you would I guess associate it with doing interviews normally but yeah no, there's there was no interviews I think a general consensus is that people like Durham wants like the applications to be kind of easy so then the people that would be cut out from like Oxford or Cambridge would then go there kind of automatically, I suppose, is kind of what he would tend to think. But the issue then is that historically quarters have been really always described. And then when causes always described, they then do interviews then. So it's a bit it's a bit confusing.
0: Has it kind of lived up to expectations then? Is it what you expected?
1: I think it's very different to what I expected. I guess I didn't know what to expect when I was applying. I think I just sort of applied off of academic Rankings and stuff, but they never really considered, you know, living uh, in the north of the UK, like moving away from like London to then go to the north and kind of being surrounded by kind of the like other people that were also kind of more, I guess, academic or had the same kind of like passion for their subject it was more of a a big jump, I think, especially from kind of just going from secondary school where people kind of, you know, have their like one subject that they really like and want to apply for uni for, but then. You know, you're, when you're in a class, you're not always surrounded by people that all want to do the same thing. So I think that was kind of the main, you know, the main jump, I guess.
0: Yeah, I think for me, so I never wanted to study law at A-level. I didn't do law. I kind of felt, well, I say fell into it. That's the posh way of saying it. I didn't want to go for an interview at uni because me in, in college, I couldn't be bothered, basically. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. But to the fact, I have grown to love it. I do enjoy it now, um but geography it is geography, right? yeah yeah yeah. how did you choose geography? Was it kind of a lifelong passion?
1: <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, I guess it's quite, kind of similar as in so I think in lower six, so I think that's like year year twelve i yeah was very on doing English. I think that's all I wanted to do. that was like using my best subject, and that was kind of like my my goal was to do English and then I think. I guess, as I read more into English, I was like, oh, I have to read, like, four books a week? Like, I don't want to read. Like, I was like, uh, um, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, I, I can't do that. Like, my I, throughout A-level, when I, I just, like, doing plays, because they were like, really short. I was like, oh, I can read that. That's easy. Um, but yeah, I didn't really want to read novels that much. And then I think, towards the end of my six, I mean, one of my, like, secondary school teachers was very, like, passionate about geography, and then kind of would talk to me about climate change because that kind of sparked my interest kind of relatively early on. And then that's like the route just like stemmed from there basically. And yeah, the rest is everything I've done. Yeah. Do
0: you know what I found shocking about climate change? So I I said I wasn't going to talk about it. I'll talk about it. For everyone who did know. now, me and Matt both volunteered with the same youth organization called Climate Talk. Matt was a team lead and I was a director (laughs) but once I started my new job my colleagues we talked about what we did previously and they all knew about COP26 like more than I knew about COP26 and I'm like I didn't realize it was so big like it is big but I didn't realize everyone knew about it.
1: Yeah I think COP26 put it on the map a lot more though because like I think before that it was like uh, the Paris COP was very popular, but then I personally had never heard anything about it after that. I, mean, I think it was only really when I um, started the climate talk, but it was more of a, a talking point. I think I'd studied it at A-level, like attached to my subject briefly, and then at uni, I then studied it more. But before before that, it wasn't really much like a news talking point, but I think mm-hmm. since the Glasgow one, it kind of became more like public, public knowledge, I guess, and like more and to and, like the mainstream media a lot more. Um, and I think that quarterly is continued.
0: Do you think because cop twenty six was in England, it was kind of bigger news? Because COP27 was in Egypt? Yeah, definitely. Is it in Egypt? Egypt?
1: Yeah, Egypt? yeah, Egypt, yeah, yeah.
0: Did you think COP27 will be less kind of, not covered, but less of a big deal?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think the accessibility, for a lot of things, is yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah, I think, I'd quite like to see COP. I think it's good to have COP around the world and, and it's a very important part of it, but I think the problem is, is that kind of, like Western media is only going to, it's less yeah. sort of a talking point as soon as it leaves the global West, which is a problem. So, after, like when it was in the UK, it was a big deal in the UK. If it went to America, for example, it would be a massive deal in America and you'd see a lot of coverage for it. And I think that, Less kind of less activists will go to COP twenty seven because it's in Egypt and it's it's expensive to go and well for people it's not the expensive to go and then because media attention I guess the majority of the media, media is from kind of the global north the global west and then that's kind of the problem that stems from that.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to talk too much about climate change. But last question: Do you think COP is does it really operate in reality?
1: Yeah, I, I, I wrote a paper previously, which was essentially a critique on mm. like electoral politics, like the whole process of politics t- doesn't line up with climate change. The issue you've got is that because government I officials are vying for election, they are trying to like appease everyone at once, and it it doesn't work. You're not going to get you can't kind of you can't keep people that are against climate change voting for you while also having people that are for climate change for you. Um, and I think that cough is like the biggest show of the climate change, but that's it. It's just a show. Like every single year we realize that we need to take action for climate change. And every single year we take a tiny step. And just it's like just enough to warrant people flying out to the conference to like turn up and to say the action's been taken. But it's nowhere near on the scale, but it needs to be done. I mean, the problem you've then got is you've just got Like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of activists going, oh, guys, we need more action. But everyone already knows that, and just repeating the same message doesn't actually help. So, unless you can kind of find a new angle in for said action that is kind of mutually beneficial, to basically benefit enough for the population that everyone will be in favor of it, it won't come to fruition. Which I guess is like electric cars is probably the best example that electric cars are is a favorable development for most people because of my petrol prices go up and then it's basically becomes more attractive to then have an electric car and that's why investment in that kind of area is probably a, a good example of how my climate change development and action can work and can be like can actually work on a global scale it's just that not many things are working on that level right now
0: yeah no definitely i just think people all have promised so much for COP26, which is a bit mad, when only 40% of the advocates are women. Um, which is what I was annoyed about, mainly. If so you're moving away from climate change and climate talk, which is, I know, we'll be able to talk about that for a while. Um, you're doing an internship right now. What's, yeah, what's that going What's that like?
1: Yeah, so, um, I'm at the University of Alberta in Canada, so I'm here for three months. I'm about halfway through right now. And it's well, it's a research internship. So I'm working on essentially it's a project on like greenhouse gas emissions from agricultural ecosystems here. So measuring greenhouse gas emissions from crops and then modeling them um to kind of look into the I, I mean it kind of looks like different fertilizer treatments daily. But yeah, it's well it's really interesting. It's just obviously a bit a bit different to kind of being in the UK that whole time. Um but I guess it allows me to explore things in a different way. But I think, with my degree, for example, it's very theoretical, which I suppose is what degrees are in general. But I think doing um, like a research internship specifically, I guess, allows you to kind of have the practical and like hands on experience, which is useful for like later like jobs and like continuing on with the field in the future, I
0: yeah. yeah. Have you had any kind of culture shock or anything like that?
1: Yeah, so I think everything, everything in Canada is like very big, I and mean, it's very. I, I suppose sort of it's it's very yeah, it's very different from the UK. Um, I think that it, I mean a lot of people think that I'm like Australian. They don't realise that I'm from the UK immediately. So people like people, people kind of like oh realise that I'm not from Canada, and half ask, so then you always get the kind of conversation where it's like, oh yeah, I went to London one well, <laughs> four years ago, and you're like, this doesn't mean anything to me, but you know, interesting to know um but yeah i guess i think the the uni is probably the biggest difference the the universities here are very very big like the amount of buildings and kind of i I suppose the resources they have is on a much greater scale um which i think it's also the case for america and i think kind of just goes to the like there is a lot more space so they can kind of expand a lot more i think in the uk it's more about kind of making the most of, like, the small space that we have, but um, I suppose in North America, it kind of just goes, like, oh, we have loads of space, and we can use it, so it kind of just gets used instead.
0: Yeah, I think when you look at the bigger picture England, while the UK is a tiny, tiny island, so the stereotype that Canadian people are really friendly, is that true?
1: Yeah, it's holding off so far, yeah. If you you have a conversation with people, they're just... um, they're like very interested. I suppose that could be partly because I'm not from Canada, so that's interesting in the first place. But yeah. yeah, I suppose it's it's different to the UK, but the in the UK, I guess you still have the same kind of like feeling. Yeah. It doesn't feel that, you know, people here are so like in your face. And I guess it's not it's not on the level that people think that, you know, people are like constantly uh, like talking to you or like run up to you on the street and ask you questions, but um it does feel a lot more kind of welcoming I suppose immediately but I think that could just be because I've been in the UK for so long but just you you think that every little difference is massive and um like who's exemplified
0: yeah obviously there are internship opportunities in the UK too what made you decide to kind of go abroad to your internship
1: yeah so I mean I think well initially I I was going to apply for uni here before my undergrad in the first place. And I was like looking, you know, looking at Canada. I think my mum used to live there like a few years, years and years ago. Though. So I, I think it was always kind of like on my mind that I'd like to come to Canada one day. Um, and then like uni would have been like a way into it. I think the, the reason why I didn't go for undergrad is that the courses are four years long. So I'd be doing an extra year just to get the same degree was kind of highlighted that. And it was the, the application process is very like you have to apply like it's super super quick um and kind of organize a lot more a lot more things like references and stuff are needed for um international applications but like for the uni you don't need references um so that would have been like a bit of a difference um but i then so like at the start of my second year my like durham uni sent out an email you know, saying oh you know this is this internship is going on, you know, apply if you want to. So I applied and then just like, just to have them the projects that were kind of running were interesting and kind of lined up with what I wanted to do. But yeah, and I never expected to get it or anything. I mean, um, I guess when I got accepted, I was like, well, I kind of have to, have to go, it's like such a like different opportunity to have, um, and to experience like a totally different place. So, yeah
0: classic imposter syndrome, isn't it? I'm not gonna get it. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: But
0: yeah, so kind of your internship—it sounds really scientific, like you're measuring stuff.
1: Yeah, so that's probably the biggest difference from like geography at secondary school and like sixth form level to like geography at A level is not very scientific. I suppose it's quite theoretical in regards to the scientific content, but when you get to like uni level it's very like practical and a lot more like scientific like hands-on scientific so yeah a lot of the stuff I do here I guess would be I think earth uh, science is kind of what it's called here in general and what it kind of falls under and then yeah like a lot of statistics which is quite a shock and like having to learn that it's always interesting.
0: So your internship is not like a gap here, is is it where you kind of take a year out and do an internship?
1: No, no, this is just yeah, this is just for summer. So yeah, in, in September I'd but like start my final year.
0: Oh you be lucky getting that in summer. That's like the perfect ideal thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's a pretty good timing. I think there's a few people here that have taken like a semester off. It's like a tab off of their like master's course to come earlier. So they'll start. So I, I would have got here in June and they would have got here like a month or two like previously to me and then We'll finished a month or two uh, earlier. But yeah, it's just, I think it just, you yeah, lines up quite well with how UK unis work, I think, is from what I can gather. I think that other unis like expect you to work more of a summer, I think it's kind of like other like European unions, at least in different countries, but that might be wrong. Um, but that's kind of what it seems like. So,
0: yeah. yeah, I guess each kind of country has their own way of doing things and their own kind of educational set stuff. So looking back, obviously you you still like uni. Is there anything it could be professionally, personally, voluntarily really, or whatever, that you kind of regret or you wish you did differently?
1: Um, I think I suppose I wish I'd put less pressure on getting opportunities like earlier on. I think that um like, in, in regards to like applications and stuff. So, like, prior to kind of getting the internship that I now, I guess I was always hoping to kind of get yeah, accepted to something. And then whenever I didn't, I was like, oh, this is the end of the world. Like, kind of like would be like, oh, I can't. Like, obviously, then I'm not good enough for this. So, like, how am I then going to be able to do what I want to do in the future? And I think that I suppose like the first time that was a thing was kind of like getting rejected from Cambridge was the first experience. And then in my, in my first year, I, I mean, it was COVID, so that always, like, cut through things, but I, I was, like, waitlisted for, I think it was a field, like, research expedition, um, essentially, and then at each point, I was like, ah, oh, I need to be lucky once, essentially, but I think the, the now, and looking back, it's, like, it's not so much about being lucky, but just, if you keep putting in the work, you'll get there, you know, it's just, you don't need to kind of, you know, just, just doing one thing, or kind of, like magically mean that everything opens up to you necessarily. Um, it's more just like gradually putting the work in, which I'm glad that I have done um, like across the years. But I suppose I wish I'd known that like sooner, and that you know everything will work out. It's just like as long as you like, stick at it, you'll be fine.
0: Definitely, and I'm kind of a really firm believer in kind of your experiences make you into the person you are today. So if you did get one of them opportunity, let's just say you went to Cambridge. You could be on a completely different path to where you are right now, which I yeah think, for sure yeah. yeah. And I think that like, it's just showing that kind of everything happens for a reason, which is really cliche. But I mean, at the same time, it's kind of true.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I think yeah, it definitely is. I mean, I, I, there there are like probably the only three or four points where I could be like, oh yeah, that specifically like caused me to be here, and that conversation or that opportunity would cause me to do. This later down the line and this later down the line. I think that yeah, things just sort of like went to place. I mean, I guess the the main example is that I'm before I came to Canada now, I would never have thought about applying kind of like my research and like my interest on climate change to agriculture. Um I'd never looked at it, never really studied it that much before. Yeah, when I came here, I found a really interesting email that is like becoming key part of what i want to do in the future so it's just like really random things can just kind of completely shape what you end up doing which will, will seem random at the, like at the time but yeah it can be really influential
0: yeah so what is it what do you want to do in the future what's your next
1: so, <laughs> you know, I know. yeah i think i think i want to do research like scientific research and to continue so to probably be a research scientist in the future is kind of broad aim right now um so i think it'll mean at least doing a master's kind of continuing what i'm doing now just at a master's level and then potentially a phd later down the line as well um but i mean i guess it's like outlets in between so like i could go into like consulting um after my undergrad if i wanted to or like after a master's um but it would yeah it would be a job broadly in relation to kind of uh, natural sciences,
0: I guess. I mean, it sounds like if I'm mapped out. you're like, I'm going to do this, then that, then that. <laughs> you're really organized.
1: Yeah, I suppose. I mean, when, when you start thinking about kind of like postgrad grad specifically, I guess, it's like, um, there, it's like a big decision. Like, oh, I take a year to study more. Arcade. If I do a PhD, that's like three years as well, four years after that. But then the question is, why are you doing a master's and whole for like this job or like this opportunity or this kind of broad idea as to what I want to do so yeah it kind of just stems from there but I mean I guess I'm I try and remain flexible to things because I mean it's not nothing needs to be like set in set in stone uh as of right now but that's the broad the broad plan oh uh, yeah like I mean I guess looking back for me the last two years most of my free time on a break is still doing like volunteering or something related to kind of wanted study anyway. So I suppose that's like quite unusual, I guess, for some people. But I guess because I enjoy it, I don't really view it as being like working. Or even now when I'm kind of doing internship working, it doesn't really feel like I'm working. It just sort of feels like, oh, yeah, I'd be doing this anyway if I could, you know, just, yeah. but I don't need to be paid, but I'll just be doing this anyway. But um, yeah, I guess that's a good side in general with them.
0: I mean that makes you sound like a but of will work on it come back and on.
1: Yeah, there's some yeah, there's some uh, yeah, pretty unhealthy, <laughs> but it's not it's not completely unbalanced.
0: It's hard work. <laughs> so you're going into third year in September. What are you looking forward to? It? Are you advertising? How are you feeling about it?
1: Yeah, I mean I think it would be nice to do kind of more specific module choices to kind of my my interests and knowledge down more which will be hopefully be good like hopefully it'll just be a bit easier than kind of the jump from 30 to second year or like um pay levels to uni in the first place so it should be hopefully be smoother in general is the well the idea at least i guess i'm mainly apprehensive that it's like my last year it feels like i just turned up to uni in the first place so it's pretty strange that i'm about to be done and graduate um and then i guess that's kind of when Real life starts, I guess, or at least for, I mean, even if I continue to study, I mean, all my friends will have graduated and be like moving on to jobs and things. So that's, yeah, quite, quite scary, I guess, in some ways, but also quite exciting to kind of see where everyone goes and where I end up myself as well.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. I remember when I handed in my last exam. So when last exam, was like a 24-hour exam, and I was like, oh my God, I'm done. It was that realization I was was like, I don't know how to feel. Should I be happy? Should I be sad? It's just, yeah, a lot. (laughs) But yeah, you've got it all to look forward to. So, my last question for you, and it is something I'm going to ask everyone, is what advice do you have for an upcoming young professional next door?
1: I think my main piece of advice would be just to take any opportunity that you can or to at least explore. Every kind of opportunity that you can, because you never know what it will lead to or how kind of shape your future. I think there's a lot of things that I never would have thought that I'd be doing now, or like years ago, I never would have gone. Oh yeah, of course, I'd, I'd have taken the opportunity or whatever. I would have been too worried to do it, I guess. But just like taking a chance with it or like having the faith in myself to take it um has really paid off. And I think that that is something that I yeah i definitely recommend it's just to kind of explore everything that you can do especially while you're not you know while you have the time and you're young and you can kind of do it it makes sense too
0: thank you for listening tune in next time to hear from another young professional next door. if you would like to hear who the next young professional for the doll will be make sure you subscribe and follow us on our social media platforms